This is a download from the Wireless Theatre Company. The case of the tale told by an idiot, a just-in-time mystery, by Bruce Kane. It began like most of my cases, with a guy in a plaid miniskirt. I just wrapped up the Garden of Eden murder case, the brother did it, when Effie, my incredibly well put together secretary with the limited typing skills, underlaid into my office to tell me I had a visitor. You got a visitor? I told her to show him in. Show him in. She did. We both watched her oscillate out of my office and back to a desk. Charming lassie. Yeah. If you like blondes with long legs and short memories. Fortunately, I did. He told me his name was Malcolm. My name is Malcolm. Have a seat. He sat down, modestly crossed his legs at the ankles, straightened his hem, and told me he needed my help. I need your help. I asked what I could do for him. <clears throat> what can I do for you? I want you to catch a murderer. A murderer, huh? Who got whacked? Me father. What makes you think the old man's been croaked? The seven stab wounds in his back. I immediately ruled out suicide. Malcolm said that back home his father had been a big deal. Back home, me father was a big deal. How big? The biggest. He was the king. That's big. Who do you think Zot's your old man? The man who killed my father is called Macbeth. It was a story I'd heard a thousand times before. A king gets whacked, the son takes the rap, and the killer takes everything else. Of course, another story that I'd heard a thousand times was the son ices the old man, splits for parts unknown, and hangs the frame on somebody else. Either way, it was my job to get to the bottom of it. Me? I'm just in time. I work for the FBI. The fictional Bureau of Investigation. I handled the toughest, dirtiest cases in English literature. That's right. I'm a fictional detective. The King of Scotland had his ticket punched and he was up to me to find out who his travel agent was. Malcolm and I agreed to split up. Malcolm, I'll take the high road. I'll take the low road. Hmm. I figured I'd get to Scotland before him. Cold, wet, and miserable, I stumbled into the inn of the three witches. Ramshackle, tumbled down off the beaten path in a secluded part of a remote forest, miles from nowhere, the joint wasn't exactly a Starbucks. But then again, there wasn't one on every corner either. I was shaking off the rain as best I could when a snaggle-toothed crone with rotting flesh dropped into the chair next to me. Well, hello there, cold, wet, and miserable. What'll it be? What do you got? We got a nice fanny snake. How do you cook that? In the cauldron, boil and bake. What else you got? There's eye of newt, toe of frog, wool of bat, tongue of dog, adder's fork, blind worm sting, and the air special. Lizard's leg. We served that with a nice mixed green salad, of course. Of course. And for the more developed palate, there's nose of turk and tartar's lips. For some reason, my appetite had taken a powder. I just sell for directions. Suit yourself. But you're passing up a real mouth-watering treat, you are. Mm. I'm looking for Dunson and Castle. Going to see the Macbeths, are you? Just the directions, toots. He was here himself, he was. Set right where you're sitting. Old I and almighty. Of course, 
we knew he was coming, so we put on our best rags we did, gave him a real good show. Had the fire burning and the cauldron bubbling. Oh, we was a sight, all right. Prophesizing, telling him how he was going to be the big cheese and all. Well, we loved it, he did. You should have seen him. Rode out, we were all puffed up like a Christmas goose, he was. About those directions. Sure you don't want to hang around till closing time. I'll get off at midnight if you know what I mean. I knew exactly what she meant. That's why I was out of the door faster than you could say acid reflux. Cold, wet and miserable, I stumbled out of the darkness and onto Dunsinane Castle. Who goes there? Just in time, fictional detective. I'm here to see the king. Official business. Follow me. The guard led me to a small anteroom just off a waiting room next to a dining room behind a reception room that opened onto a sitting room that overlooked a garden room that led into the throne room. She was there, waiting for me. I've been waiting for you. Nola! Nola McDougal! Funny. No one's called me that in a long time. Back when I knew her, everyone called her Nola. She was a showgirl with yellow feathers in her hair and a dress cut down to there. Mm. She would merengue and do the cha-cha. That was at the Copa, the Copa de Aura. Back then, it was the hottest spot north of Sonora. In those days, Nola was beautiful, smart, ambitious, dangerous, scheming, conniving, irresistible, calculating, cunning, deceitful, and selfish. In short, she was everything I ever wanted in a woman. The years had been kind to Nola, although I had to admit it, she'd changed. You haven't changed a bit, Nola. You always were full of crap, Time. But keep it up. If anything, she'd added a few more erogenous zones. Mmm, I like that line. I decided to go with it. If anything, sugar hips, you've added a few more erogenous zones. You always knew the right thing to say, didn't you, Time? It worked. I have to remember it. Still mad at me, Time? Why? Because you dumped me without saying a word? Maybe. Because you slipped out of my life one night and disappeared without so much as leaving me a post-it note? Perhaps. Because you ripped out my heart and stomped on it with those three-inch sling-back, open-toed stiletto heels you always wore? with black seamed stockings and a red dress that showed off more curves than the New York Yankees pitching staff? I'm glad to see you're a man who doesn't hold a grudge. Just one question. Sure. Why? Give me one good reason. He could offer me wealth. He could offer me power. He could offer I me... I said just one. What could you offer me, Time? A fictional detective's pay and an underfunded retirement plan? Admit it, Time. I had no future with you. I was just someone to feed your insatiable passion, bank the fires of your raging lust, ride your throbbing, thrusting. She was killing me softly with her words. I had to shut her up and I knew just how to do it. Time, please, no, please, please. <sighs> Please. Ah, 
can't remember the last time two minutes flew by so quickly. So, tell me, time, what are you doing here? And don't tell me you came all this way just for a little Highland fling. I'm investigating the death. Who died? The king. The king? Don't be ridiculous. The king is in perfect health. How come you know so much about the king of Scotland? Well, for one thing, my name's not Nola MacDougall anymore. It's Macbeth. Lady Macbeth. Then that means the king is... My husband. Husband. That word had a way of focusing a man's attention. I thought you knew. I hadn't even started my investigation and the case had already gotten complicated. According to the code of the fictional detective, you don't fool around with the wife of your prime suspect. Of course, I didn't know she was the wife of my prime suspect at the time I took her to Ecstasyville, so I was off the hook technicality-wise. Somehow, I couldn't imagine Nola mixed up in a murder. Extortion? Blackmail? Bookmaking, mail fraud, loan sharking, sure. But murder? Or was I just kidding myself? Oh, like I said, it was getting complicated. Are you done? Sorry. Nola told me I was wasting my time. You're wasting your time, time. She said that they found the man who killed King Duncan. We found the men who killed King Duncan. She said their hands were drenched in blood. Their hands were drenched. I think I've covered that already. I'd like to talk to them, these killers of yours. Too late. You know those gargoyles hanging on the front gate when you came in? Yeah. Those aren't gargoyles. Why the rusted judgment, blueberry cheeks? To assure the peasants that justice had been served, that society was back in balance once again, that they could return to their miserable lives and we could return to making them miserable. Not that I don't believe every word you're telling me, Persimmon Knees. Yeah, right. Nola McDougall couldn't draw a straight line with a ruler. Well, I'll hang around and ask you a few questions, just for appearances' sake. You understand, don't you, Kumquat knows? Sure, time. I understand. Just for the record, where were you when the old king got whacked? In my room. And I've got seven witnesses to prove it. Knowing Nola McDougall, I was surprised it was only seven. One more thing, Paprika Toes. When you talk to your husband... Don't say anything about what went on here. I wouldn't want him to get the right idea. No problem. I've forgotten it already. Before I could figure out who done it, I had to figure out who could have done it. So I started asking questions. A lot of questions. Excuse me. Mind if I ask you a lot of questions? Depends on who's doing the asking. The name's Time. Oh, sure. The fictional detective. <laughs> Word travels fast. Lady Macbeth said you'd be nosing around. What else did she say? That you were a complete stranger, that she'd never seen you before, and that I shouldn't listen to ugly rumours. Just for the record, what's your name? Macduff. You work for Macbeth, Macduff? Yeah, I work for Macbeth. You might say, I'm his right hand. Yeah. And who would you say is his left hand? Uh, I wouldn't know. You come across this a lot in my business. The right hand not knowing what the left hand is doing. 
You wouldn't happen to know where Macbeth was when the old king got dead. You don't think Macbeth had anything to do with the king's death? I'll ask the questions. You're barking up the wrong tree, mister. Macbeth had no reason to kill Duncan. What makes you think so? He's got to be king, didn't he? Macbeth never wanted to be king. He was perfectly happy being Thane of Cawdor. Stealing from the peasants, suppressing the serfs, having sex with the scullery maids. Then the witches told him he'd be Thane of Glams and everything changed. Thane of Glams? Yeah, it's the castle on the Frams. Macbeth is Thane of Glams on the Frams? No, I told you, Macbeth is Thane of Cawdor. If Macbeth is Thane of Cawdor, then who's Thane of Glams on the Frams? Toms. Toms? Yeah, Toms of Glams on the Frams. It all sounded like double talk to me, but there was no way I was going to let Macduff know that. I continued to play dumb. It wasn't hard to do. So, how did Macbeth react to the old king's kick in the bucket? Macbeth was really broken up by it. He loved Duncan like a father. He hasn't been the same peasant taxing, wife-stealing, fun-loving guy he used to be. What do you mean, he's not the same? Spends most every day and night wandering the halls, talking to himself. One last question. Do you know where Lady Macbeth was when the old king turned up face down? Lady Macbeth had nothing to do with the old guy's death. Nothing. You do anything to upset the lady and you'll have me to answer to. You got that time. You like Lady Macbeth, don't you? Yeah, sure. What's not to like? She's kind, gentle, sweet and loving. You don't know her like I do, Time. You don't know her like I do, do you, Time? Apparently not. You'd do anything for Lady Macbeth, wouldn't you? You bet I would. Like kill for her? Only if she asked me... Hey, what are you getting at, Time? Nothing. One more question. I thought you said the last question was your last question. Why you keeping score? Where were you when Duncan got whacked? In my room. And I've got seven witnesses that can prove it. Suddenly, there he was. Big Mac himself. As it stands against the wall. Like the Although we hadn't been formally introduced, I knew it was the king. When, the when you've been a detective as long as I have, you learn to make these deductions. The fact he was wearing a crown didn't hurt either. You, you, you. Your Majesty. <gasps> Is this a dagger which I see before me? The handle towards my hand? No, it's a soup spoon. Oh, really? I could have sworn it was a dagger. I wonder if I could ask you a few questions. And who might you be? The name's Time. Just in time. Yeah, the fictional detective. My wife mentioned you. Oh, yeah? What did she say? Uh, that you were a complete stranger, that she'd never seen you before, and that I shouldn't listen to ugly rumours. Just for the record, where were you when the old king bought the farm? The farm? <laughs> No, my boy. You must have me confused with old MacDonald. No, no. Where were you when the old king was iced? Shivved? Whacked? Please, sir. Speak 12th century Scottish. Where were you when King Duncan was killed? I was in my room. And I've got seven witnesses to prove it. So far, everybody had an alibi. Oh, there's such a hungry, yearning, burning inside of me. And its torment won't be through. Maybe the old king's son had bumped him off after all. But something Macduff said kept running around in my brain like there was a screw loose. 
I decided to check out my hunch. Wet, cold, and miserable, I stumbled back into the inn of the three witches. Well, look who's here. Couldn't stay away from old Ecate, could you, Ducky? What can I say, liver face? Your sore eyes are a sight. Oh, you do go on. The last time I was here, you told me Macbeth had been sitting right where I was sitting. That you gave him a real show. That you knew he was coming. That's right. How did you know? She told us. She? Who? Never told us her name. Just handed me a pouch full of gold coins she did. What did she look like? Oh, about so high. Wore a red dress she did. With them stockings with the seams at the back and them shoes with the really high pointy heels. Stilettos. Had one of them too. Why did she want you to know Macbeth was coming here? Said it was his birthday. Wanted us to give him a right special show. Even wrote it all out for us. Told her we'd be really happy to do it, but there was just this one teensy-weensy little problem. What's that? None of us can read. What did she do? Got right up on that table there and did the old number for us, she did. I ain't never seen nothing like it. That had to be Nola, all right. She always did her best work on a tabletop. So she paid off Hecate and the Vandellas to put on a show for Macbeth. Now, the only question was, why? I asked the old witch if she could show me what Nola had her do. Sure thing. Latasha, Latoya, Lashana. Three hags in slit skirts with matted hair and mouthfuls of missing teeth shuffled in. Imagine the Supremes at 196 and you got a good idea of what I was seeing. Hands on bony hips, they struck a pose, counted down and hit it. All hail Macbeth, the new Thane of Glams, thou shalt be king, and that's a promise. Be strong, be proud, and take no sass. Ain't no one here can kick your ass. Macbeth shall never vanquish thee until Burnham would come to Dunsinane Sea. That's your future, short and tall, and now we're out of here, it was all starting to make sense, but proving it wasn't going to be easy. It never is. Wet, cold and miserable, I stumbled back into the castle. The place was quiet. Dead quiet. Except for that. The cell that passed for my room was pitch black. Ow! Damn! Son of a... Rather than risk further injury, I decided to light a single candle, then curse the darkness. And that's when I saw it. A knife sticking straight up from my bed. The point of the blade jammed into the mattress where my back should have been. That knife raised a lot of questions. Was someone trying to kill me? Why did Nola dance on a tabletop and why wasn't I there to see it? Why did Macbeth go around talking to himself and why did King Duncan's son wear a skirt? The answer to those and many other questions would have to wait until morning. My alarm clock went off at dawn. I had to be careful moving around the castle. Someone out there wanted me dead. And until I found out who it was, I'd be walking around with a bullseye on my back. 
I did have one thing going for me. Whoever left the knife in my bed thought I was dead. Maybe, if I caught them off guard, I could use the element of surprise to, um, catch them off guard. It was a long shot, but that's all I had. I was cautiously making my way along a narrow corridor when a door opened and a man stepped into the hallway. I couldn't tell who he was, but I recognized the woman posed seductively in the doorway. I can't remember the last time two minutes went by so quickly. I couldn't hear the guy's reply. It's hard to understand the guy when he's got a tongue in his mouth that isn't his own. I waited for her door to close and moved in. Macduff. Chime. Surprised? Surprised? No. Why should I be surprised? I don't know. You look surprised. You sound surprised. You act surprised. I'm surprised you'd think I was surprised. Then you're not surprised? No. Of course I'm not surprised. I find that surprising. Why? Considering I just caught you playing tonsil hockey with the lady of the house. You're not going to tell the king, are you? What you and the first lady do is your own business. Thanks, Time. I owe you one. It's time to pay up. So soon? Isn't there usually a gap, a grace period? Uh... Where were you last night around midnight? With Lady Macbeth. And we've got seven witnesses to prove it. Macduff's alibi got me to wondering. What were they doing that required seven witnesses? Why is it so that this longing for you follows where I go? The king, I'm out here. Your majesty. Time. Is that you? Yeah, it's me. Want a little drinky? Maybe some other time. Ah, you don't know what you're missing. Hundred-year-old scotch. Imported. You know anything about this? <gasps> is this a dagger I see before me? You bet your sweet patootie it is. Recognize it? Sure. It's mine. Remember when you last saw it? <laughs> I most certainly do. It was in your back. So, you admit it. Admit what? That you killed me. <laughs> of course I killed you. Why? Hmm. Why did I kill you? Odd. I was standing there right in front of him, and yet he kept talking to me like I was dead. She told me to kill you. Who told you to? I already knew the answer, but I wanted to hear him say it. You already know the answer. But I want to hear you say it. My wife, the one and only Lady Macbeth. Why? Why did she want me dead? Why does any woman want any man dead? Good point. But what was her reason specifically? Well, she said you were a good detective. That sooner or later you'd figure out I'd kill Duncan. Did she tell you to do that too? You don't know my wife like I do, Time. You don't know my wife like I do, do you, Time? No, of course not. The guy tried to kill me once already. I didn't see any reason to make him mad. She wanted to be queen. And in order for a woman to become a queen, she has to be married to a king. That's the rule. And I wasn't a king, I was just a thing. I liked being a thing. So it's a good job being a thing. You get to uh, you get to hunt when you want, fish when you want, play a little golf when you want. You play golf, Mr. Time? A little. Hmm. The Scots invented golf. Did you know that, Mr. Time? No, I didn't. Yes, it's, it's true. Uh, we invented golf. Golf and haggis. Great. Two things to give you indigestion. Why are you admitting all of this? <laughs> Why not? You're a ghost. Who are you going to tell? So that's it. Macbeth thought I was a ghost. 
Either he was drunker than I thought or mad as a hatter. But then again, this was 12th century Scotland. These guys believed in wood spirits. Besides, what difference does it make who I tell? I'm invincible. Nobody's invincible. Yeah, I am. The prophecy says so. I will reign as king until Burnham Wood comes to Dunsinane. And there are only two chances of that happening. Slim and... You know, one other that, uh that I, I can't think of right now. I had my confession. It's a quarter to three. There's no one in the place except you and me. But there wasn't anything I could do about it. There was no way I could take him down. The king had me in check. It was time to bring Malcolm up to date. Wet, cold and miserable, I stumbled into Malcolm's camp. Who goes here? Just in time, fictional detective. I'm here to see Malcolm, son of Duncan, brother of Donaldton, cousin of Seamus, uncle of Hamish, and close personal friend of Phil. Aye, we've been expecting you. Follow me. The guard led me across a stream, around a meadow, down a path, through a wood, along a creek, over a hill, down a dale, and up to the heather on the hill. Just in time, fictional detective. What news, just in time? I've got good news and bad news. Me and my man could use some good news time. The good news is you're in the clear. With Beth cut to everything. Killing your father, stealing the crown. Aye, that is good news. We must to action time. My men are tired of sitting around listening to bagpipe music all day. I couldn't blame them. We'll attack Dunsin in Castle in the morning and claim my rightful crown. Not so fast. There's no way 300 men in skirts are going to take Dunson and Castle. If me and my laddies have to spend one more day here in Burnham Wood, we'll... Wait a minute. Did you say Burnham Wood? Aye. This is Burnham Wood. Aye, this is Burnham Wood. Malcolm, I think I know a way to make this work. Cold, wet, and miserable, I slipped back into the castle. It was quiet. Dead quiet. Except for that damn bell. I crept quietly down the corridor and entered my room. Hello, time. She was waiting for me. I've been waiting for you. Macbeth told me he told you everything. He was never cut out to be king. He can't handle the pressure. Not like you, Time. We used to be a great team, Time. Remember? What are you suggesting, apple hips? Why don't you come over here and I'll show you? Nola had something up her sleeve, or she would have if she'd been wearing a sleeve. Or anything else for that matter. The code of the fictional detective clearly states you never fool around with an accessory to a murder. However, Addendum 5... Paragraph 7, subparagraph 8 states that it's not only permissible to fool around with an accessory to murder if said fooling around is a pursuit of additional evidence. Said fooling around is distinctly encouraged, especially if the accessory is put together like Nola. I made a mental note to send the case of Chateau Lafette We Are Here circa 1862 to the guy who wrote that paragraph. Time... How would you like to be king of Scotland? I don't know. I never thought about it. 
What would I have to do? Marry the king's widow. But the king is still alive. A temporary condition at best, don't you think? Can I give you my answer in the morning? Sure. There's no rush. She said as she slipped into something more comfortable. Namely, the bed in the middle of the room. When I said there was no rush time, I meant there was no rush. What the hell is that? Stay here, vanilla knees. I slipped out of my bed and into my pants. Bishops, knights, rooks and pawns were everywhere. What's going on, Macduff? No time to answer questions now. The castle is under attack. Under attack? Where's the king? On the battlements, lady. Defending the castle? Speaking in iambic pentameter. We'd better get up there. This could be the chance we've been waiting for. We'll take the stairway to the landing that holds the ladder, that leads to the doorway, that opens onto the corridor, that runs through the upper tower, that overlooks the bridge and crosses to the door that provides entrance to the battlements. No, please don't go, lady. It's too dangerous. Stay with me. I'll protect you. You've got to be kidding. This is our chance, lady. While the battle is going on out front, we can slip out the back. I own some land on the bonnie bonnie banks of Loch Lomond. It's lovely there. We could settle down, build a cottage, raise some sheep. Oh yeah, like that's gonna happen. Come on time, there's no time to waste. If it were done, when tis done, then twere well it were done, quickly. Ever think of putting in an elevator? Let's do it, Time. Right here, right now. Oh, as much as I'd love to, Parsimon's ears, I don't think we've got two minutes to spare. In case you haven't noticed, the castle is under attack. Don't flatter yourself, Flatfoot. I meant, this is our chance to make Macbeth... Mac dead. Hold on, Tangelo Lips. I got a better idea. Macbeth... Ooh, Macbeth... <laughs> Who calls my name? It is I, the ghost of just in time. Be, be gone, ghost of just in time. Be, be gone. Fat chance, Macbeth. The jig is up. <clears throat> the jig will be up when Burnham Wood comes to Dunsinane. Look around you, Macbeth. What do you see? Trees. As far as the eye can see, nothing but trees. Yes, trees. But you are missing the big picture. You're not seeing the forest for the trees. Oh, oh yes, I see it now. A, a, a forest. A, a big, green, advancing forest. Good. Now ask yourself this question. Was that forest there yesterday? No, it, it was not. Did you recognize that forest, Macbeth? Yes. It's... it's... Oh, shit! That's right, Macbeth. Burnham Wood has come to Dunsinane. Now ask yourself this question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do ya, Macbeth? I, I'm doomed! Doomed! A, a horse! A horse! My kingdom for a horse! Wrong play, you Scottish has-been. It's all over. You're through. Turn in your crown and clean out your desk. What, what's happening? Call it a hostile takeover. The prophecy has come to pass! There was no prophecy, you moron. I paid off the witches to tell you all that crap so you'd have the cojones to knock off Duncan. Don't 
There was no prophecy. Just like time here isn't a ghost. Of course he's a ghost. I killed him. Sorry to burst your bubble, Mac, but the only thing you killed was my mattress. Listen to me, haggis for brains. There's no such thing as ghosts. There's no such thing as witches. There's no such thing as prophecies. And the tooth fairy doesn't leave money under your pillow. And that's not a forest out there. It's not Burnham Wood. No, King. That's Malcolm's army out there. They just moved out of Burnham Wood to Dunsinane. Every branch? Every leaf? Every twig. Like I always say, you can't make an omelette without causing an ecological disaster now and then. It worked, laddie. Your plan worked. We've captured the castle. They're all yours, Malcolm. What are you talking about, Time? We had a deal, remember? You would kill Macbeth, marry me, and together we would rule this land in the tradition of those great kings and queens before us. We'd suck the inhabitants dry. You had a deal, Nola, but you forgot one thing. What's that? I'm a cop, a shameless, a gumshoe, a dick. You can say that again. Sometimes it's good business to let people think you're corrupt. They trust you more. I'll take that crown now, Macbeth. Life as you knew it is over. Life. What is life? Life's but a walking shadow. A poor player that struts and frets his hour upon the stage and then is heard no more. It is a tale told by an idiot, full of sound and fury, signifying nothing. Oh, spare me the rhyming couplets. You can't turn me over to Malcolm time. Don't I mean anything to you? What about the times I fed your insatiable passion, banked the fires of your raging lust, rode your... You, you, you fed his insatiable passion? Uh-huh. You banked the fires of his raging lust? Mm-hmm. You rode Like his... there was no tomorrow. You never fed my passion. You never banked my fire. You certainly never rode my... Because you're a sniveling coward. Not like Malcolm here. Now this is a real man. A man who stands up for what he believes, no matter what. A man willing to fight and die for his country and for the woman he loves, and doing it all in a flattering knee-length tartan plaid skirt by Stella McCartney. Isn't that right, Malcolm? It was over. King Duncan's killers had been exposed. Malcolm had been exonerated and returned to his rightful place on the throne. Now he could begin bleeding the peasants dry. Milady, what's to become of me? I did everything you asked. Of all those caught up in this sorry mess, it was Macduff I felt sorry for most. What do you mean, everything, Macduff? Everything. Like, for instance? Like, for instance, doing away with those two poor unfortunates. Which two poor unfortunates? Those two poor unfortunates staring down at you from the front gate. That was you? She made me time. I didn't want to do it. She made me kill them. And all the time she knew it. I guess she always knew it. They were just sitting there, not bothering anybody, eating their dinner. And after it was all over, you know what she said? No. Tell me. What did she say? Leave the knife. Bring the oatcakes. Look at it this way, McGruff. McDuff. Whatever. Better men than you have gotten caught in Nola's web. Much better men than you. Come on now, move it along, move it along. The poor schmuck never had a chance. He made the mistake of falling for a dame who promised him a trip to the moon on gossamer wings and instead booked him a coach seat to hell. Come to think of it, 
Every coach seat is hell. Out, out, a brief candle. Hmm. As for Macbeth, well, in the end, he was just an ordinary guy who wanted what ordinary guys want. To hunt a little, to fish a little, get in a round of golf now and again, sleep with the help. Of all the tragic characters I've come across, Macbeth has to be the most tragic. Tomorrow, and tomorrow, and tomorrow, creeps in this petty pace from day to day to the last syllable of recorded time. And all our yesterdays of lighted fools, the way to dusty death. Not to mention the most depressing. Oh, Malcolm, please. As for Nola? Malcolm, I'm not that kind of girl. But with you, I could learn to be. I think it was Big Bill Shakespeare who said it best. Whatever Nola wants, Nola gets. You have been listening to the case of the tale told by an idiot, a just-in-time mystery, by Bruce Kane. Directed by Catriona Ryan, produced by Fran Kirkham, with Oliver Ford as Just-in-Time, Matt Prendergast as Malcolm, Tegwin Tucker as Lady Macbeth and a witch, Mark Garnell as Macduff and a soldier, Kerry Gifford as Ecate and a witch, Tom Walteracre as Macbeth, and Catriona Ryan as Effie and a witch. Recording took place at Burrow Studios and was engineered by Carlos Ziccarelli. Visit www.wirelesstheatrecompany.co.uk for more audio downloads or www.wirelesstheatrekids.co.uk for radio plays for your children.